My name is Josh Peck, host of Peck Report on Daily Renegade. I used to suffer with chronic pain from a degenerative bone disease. I was hopelessly addicted to opioids without any end in sight. But then I discovered Kratom and CBD. I am no longer on prescription drugs and I have more energy and pain relief than ever before. Kratom and CBD have given me my life back without draining my bank account. If you too would like some minor to major pain relief, Kratom and CBD might be for you. Either click on the links in the description below this video or go to dailyrenegade.com on the top left banner or right side ad and check out Tropic Health Kratom and CBD. Use promo code HEALTH20 for 20% off your order and get your life back today. We have something phenomenal for you today, a pre-interview with David Hevener, a pre-interview for the film Silent Cry, all that and more on today's Peck Report. Hey everybody, hope you are doing well. Um, now I have, you know, announced before that I have a new movie coming out, uh, Silent Cry, and because I don't always know when these things are going to be released, it might be out now, or it might not be out for a little while, but you can keep up to date on that at uh, skywatchtv.com, but it is about the darker side of sex trafficking, child sex trafficking, how the occult plays into this whole question, and there has never been a documentary like this made before. So for some of the guests that I was considering for the film, um, I did a lot of pre-interviews with people. So what you're about to see is a pre-interview with a Hollywood insider. His name is David Hevener. Uh, if you look him up on IMDb, you will find a whole catalog of things that he's been involved with. He has seen how Hollywood uh, responds to sex trafficking, and he gives a lot of information on it. So you're going to want to check that out. Here is part one of my pre-interview. Again, this is not the interview that's in the movie. This was the pre-interview, the interview that we did before the movie. What you're going to see in the movie is a lot better produced. Uh, but the pre-interview a lot of times gives you more content. So here is the pre-interview, part one, with David Hevener. Check this out. David Hevener, can you introduce yourself and tell us about your background in Hollywood? Hey, Josh. Uh, David Hevener here. My background in Hollywood. Well, my background, let's see. I got David <laughs> you, you mean my past background. Uh, yeah. Josh, I came to Hollywood about 30 years ago uh, and uh, didn't know anybody, had no money, uh, no talent. Uh, but God put me in a place where I was able to end up making over 50 films, uh, acting, directing, starring, producing with Academy Award winners uh, uh, back at that time, you know. And uh, so, so I've made a lot of films. 
made a lot of films, been down the, the road of hard knocks of Hollywood. All right. Uh, now, you, you've you dealt with uh, trafficking in Atlanta and Central America. What, what's your background uh, in dealing with human trafficking? Well, okay. So, number one, um, human trafficking comes in different sections, okay? Uh, my first encounter with human trafficking, not sex trafficking, but human trafficking. So, we need to make sure we put a, a you know, a footnote on that, um, was in Hollywood when I started working film, okay? Uh, in the film industry, uh, they have human trafficking. And what does that mean? That means that they have people that they brought over illegally under, under the carpet, uh, secretively, and they are working them. Uh, we call them sweatshops, but actually in the film industry, they're, they're, Backdoor laboratories where they process films. Uh, they work work them as, uh, as as runners. They work them as well. You name it, it's there. So I, my first encounter was in the film industry. I noticed people who didn't speak English. Uh, they had no record of you know their existence. Basically, when I talked to them, I go, "Who are these people?" And I find out. So that was my first encounter. Then it got more detailed. When I was in Central America doing missions work, uh, I encountered over and over again sex trafficking, okay, human trafficking, sex trafficking. That led me to my investigation in the United States. But through Central America, I was able to find out, well, where is this stuff funneled to? I know where it's coming from, but where is it going to, okay? And I found out some very disheartening, very alarming, and very disgusting information on the Western world, America leading the way, of where this sex trafficking was being located throughout the United States of America. What, uh, what are, speaking of that, what are some of the most horrific things that you've come across in the realm of sex trafficking? Well, let me, um, let me say this. Let me say that the way trafficking works, in case people would like to know, uh, it either comes from a third world country where people are not valued as much, they don't have a, a record of being born, uh, and then it's funneled through to America or through the Western culture that has money. Or, this is what is horrific, Josh, it comes from America, goes to these third world countries to be condition, uh, and actually stripped of any identity, uh, stripped of humanity, and brought back to America, okay? Mm -hmm. um, some of the most horrific things that I've seen um, has been, uh, well, it, go, it runs the gamut. I've seen them in airports where they're trafficked on high, in a high um Within a regime that that is uh, a wealthy regime that has a high income bracket, uh, the elites, um, I can spot them in airports. Uh, that's what's really scary because it goes right through, you know, the powers to be, and you wonder how can that be. And uh, then I've had encounters. I haven't seen it in person, but I've been in an area where you've got. Uh, you know, children in cages 
um, when there's just some bad stuff that goes on. Uh, many people don't believe child sex abuse and Satanism have anything in common because of the satanic panic decades ago. What can you tell us about that case and how has it been misrepresented? Well, yeah, I mean, um, I believe that most child abuse that happens mm-hmm. originated from a, um, uh, from a channel of, of uh, SRA satanic ritual abuse, okay? Um, it, w- what happens is this, is that, you, it, and if you go back and watch my videos I do with Russ, this are and other people, you'll see where it didn't originate from this source, but it came over from the source, a lot from Germany, okay? Uh, and what happened was it was planted throughout the United States in various uh, cities, all right? These are, and they're operated by covens, and these covens operate the satanic ritual abuse and is channeled in various ways. So what happens is when a person is being abused uh, in a ritual uh, um, setting, uh, they're abused uh, a lot of times as a program multiple or the result is a program multiple where they've got multiple personalities and it's by design. And they are uh, uh, designed and destined for a specific purpose. That's why in some of the videos I've covered on these shooters, uh, different things that happened. Uh, most of these people are programmed multiples. They, they were they were birthed for this. They were uh, uh, um, uh, abused for this, and they were sent out for this purpose. Okay. So the answer to the question is: I believe every child abuse case is derived from satanic ritual abuse. It's just that as these cases develop. Okay, let me give an example. A guy is satanically, uh, ritually abused. Uh, he somehow drifts away from the coven, drifts away from that channel. He's not a program multiple, but 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 he's he's been abused, so he goes out and abuses. He goes out and abuses, and then that child grows up and goes out and abuses. Well, they've broken away from the system, but they're still abusing children. That makes sense. They yeah. still have the addiction. They're just not in the system anymore. These covens and these these abusers they they lose people. You know, they they it's it's like mass exodus of a lot of these people. They go out and they can't keep track of them. But you know, they're probably happy anyway that they're doing some kind of damage. You know, what is SRA satanic ritual abuse? What is SRA? And then how does your uh, your background, say, in Hollywood, connect with uh, satanic ritual abuse? Satanic ritual, well, sorry, is satanic ritual abuse. And what is satanic ritual abuse? Well, it's three words. It kind of <laughs> tells you what it is. It's satanic, and it's abuse that, that is a ritual, meaning it, it's ongoing and it's for a specific purpose, okay? Uh, this runs the gamut all the way from child sacrifice uh, to uh, child uh, uh, abuse, uh, to uh, children and pornography, uh, to children and what they call snuff films. I mean, it just runs the gamut depending on why they're abused. There's always, in a satanic ritual abuse, there's always an agenda behind it, okay? It's, it's, it's propelled by the addiction, propelled, propelled by the demonic force, but there's always an agenda for that ritually abused person. In Hollywood, um, I can give you 
the mild, and I can give you the chronic, uh, the mild is I've been at parties back before, Josh, I was enlightened, uh, where they were feeding idols, where they would fix food for idols. They would, you know, worship these idols. Well, when I wasn't around, they were doing other things with these idols. Do you see what I'm saying? Which probably involved children and involved people. So I saw that on a, on a primal level, very preliminary. But then if you get into the chronic, you'll get into, and this usually takes place in the upper shallant of, you know, we, we don't want to call them the elites or the, the Hollywood stars or whatever. I hate to say elite because they're all degenerates. Um, but they got a lot of money, a lot of fame, a lot of fortune. When you get in this place without God, you tend to lose your mind uh, because you have no moral compass. So what happens, you get involved in these groups and they start this, um, uh, uh, they start these child sacrifices. They start cannibalism. Okay. Anytime you have cannibalism, which is prevalent here in Hollywood, you need the person who's eating and then you need the person that is served. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to serve something to someone in order for cannibalism you know, to exist. So that's probably the most horrific part of it. Uh, you were also a uh, social worker for a mental hospital. How did you get involved with that? And what did your job entail? Well, I think I got involved because I was so screwed up. Just like most psychiatrists get involved, they're trying to work life out themselves. So they seek out ways they can I don't know, either fix themselves or being around be around people that are worse off than they are to make them feel better. You know, I don't know. So I don't know why I got into it, um, but I did. Uh, and um, I found myself working for the state of Kentucky Central State Hospital. Uh, at that time, there were practices going on that are totally illegal now. Uh, I was put on what they call uh, M4, which was a behavior modification ward uh for uh people that could not even function in a mental health facility so if you can imagine that we got the chronics then they bounced me over to uh the uh, children's treatment service uh which was uh children the forensic ward of the children these were kids that had cr uh, committed heinous crimes uh we had one boy that uh a little girl next door neighbor owed him a quarter and he got mad and uh, she disappeared. They found her two weeks later, cut up, put into a plastic bag uh, underneath his bed, you know, things like that. Uh, but probably the most chilling thing, if that that's not chilling, but this was really chilling, is uh, it had a little girl, uh, she's up 14 years old. Uh, she was sexually abused over and over and over again, uh, and she talked about it. Um, got a call one night uh, to uh, that she was having issues, and I was her social worker. They called me into the ward, uh, and uh, I walked into her room, and there were four huge guys, and I'm talking big guys. They were orderlies. They could not hold her down. The room outside, it was, it was probably about 80 degrees outside, probably about 
75 degrees inside the hospital. They didn't have air conditioning then. But when I walked in her room, Josh, temperature had to be 40 degrees, maybe 35. I mean, I could see my breath. Let's put it that way. I didn't understand this at the time. You know, I wasn't enlightened like I like I think I am now. Um, but what I saw with these guys is that they were trying to push her back down on the bed. She had, well, according to them, and again, at that time, they didn't know the lingo. We didn't really understand things. We weren't really, uh, but they said that they were trying to push her back down on the bed, which means she had levitated and they were trying to keep her, you know, on the bed. And uh, so that's in the spiritual realm of what I'm talking about. Uh, I used to give shock therapy to patients, especially younger patients. Now that's illegal. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, I had to have a nurse with me, but uh, I, and, I, and the nurse had to have have a social worker with them. Um, but the things I saw in the shock therapy with neck swelling and stomachs, you know, the gland swelling, and it uh, it was clearly demonic. I know people go, well, no, in the anatomy, your 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 organs are going to swell because you have you know water and when the electricity hits it. But what I saw wasn't normal. It was not normal. It was when we were shocking these young people, there was something inside of them that was not liking this treatment. Okay. And they were saying things and they were making groans and they were you know, it was just terrific. And I would say something about it to, we had a, a psychiatrist uh, that was a nurse or a doctor who could implement drugs, who could, who, you know, medication. And I remember saying over and over again, you know, these people aren't right. That It's not normal. No, no, it's normal. That's what happens when you administer shock therapy. I said, no, not, not the voices coming out of them. I'm sorry, that ain't their voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, shock therapy doesn't change a person's voice like that. All right, I hope that was uh, helpful to you. And there is a whole second part to this interview, but in order to watch it, you're going to have to become a member at dailyrenegade.com. Don't blame me, blame YouTube. There was a time for many years where I was able to give all of this content to you for free, but unfortunately, I'm not able to do that anymore because YouTube has deemed it so. They even uh, deleted our main channel. So if you have complaints, complain to YouTube. But... Uh, if you want to support a very good ministry who is doing good work in the world and trying to make a difference, you can go to dailyrenegade.com. You can get a membership today, and you can watch the rest of this Peck Report, the rest of the interview with David Hevener. Uh, so dailyrenegade.com. It's only $10 a month or $100 a year. I suggest getting the $100 a year because you get two months for free that way. All right, everybody viewing for free, thank you so much. Until And, and everybody who's a member, hang on the line. Uh, we're going to get to the rest of it in a minute. People viewing for free, thank you so much. Until next time, take care and God bless.